This is Paul Nobles from Eat Perform, and I am sitting here with my Monday co-host, April Blackford. April, do you want to say hello to everybody? Hi, everyone. So I don't know that everybody realizes this, but April and I have been doing this <laughs> with the dog barking in the background. Um, April and I have been doing this for probably close to three years. Um, I been longer than three years. Yeah, because uh, the um, we're actually coming up on a pretty big date um, as it relates to Eat to Reform. Um, Eat to Reform, the page started on uh, February 12th. Uh, not everybody realizes that four years ago. And so it wasn't long after that. Then I was like, oh my God, April, you, I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a million people asking me questions all the time. And uh, then we started doing the show on YouTube. And eventually we moved over to Facebook Live. And, and this is where we live right now. Uh, if you wanted to check out the podcast but don't have time to listen on Facebook Live, you can do that um, on Stitcher, iTunes, pretty much anywhere where you can find a podcast. Uh, we'll be there. I think we still need to get on Spotify, but I'll be on that pretty soon, um, amongst the million other things that we're doing. Um, so did you end up watching the Super Bowl? Uh, I watched a little bit of it, and then I went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I stayed up a little. I think I think by about 9.40, I told Tom, I was like, you ready to get to bed? You can just finish watching this in the room. And then I started drinking the, um, the Bliss Neuro drinks, the sleep drink. Mm -hmm. oh, man, that's awesome. If you've never tried it, you really need to get on it because it has magnesium, melatonin, and tryptophan in it. Um, but it's you drink it, and it's it's almost like you can feel like these bags growing under your eyes, but you don't really have bags. Um, and you have, like, the deepest sleep, like, drooling on the pillow. And the plus is, thanks to some of the magnesium, it, it does um, have you pooping regularly. So if anybody has any pooping issues or sleeping issues, they should get on it. So my 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 son calls it um, sleep juice. I don't. He's like he's like, mommy, why are you drinking sleep juice? <laughs> I don't love melatonin just because your body can you know adjust to that a little bit. But uh, if you're having trouble sleeping, it's definitely something that I would consider. I use ZMA. You know, most people know the brand that I use is from GNC. I use their amino blend. Um, and that helps me a lot, but that would be something I would consider if I was struggling. I actually, um, um, I did have a little bit of a sleep issue two nights ago. Um, woke up at three 30, couldn't get back to sleep. Um, but usually when that happens the very next day, um, I did end up napping a little bit. Um, this was, you know, Super Bowl Sunday you know, ended up being so, um, uh, you know, it, it was a pretty flexible day. So a, a two, two hour nap wasn't, wasn't too out of hand. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. So there was some interesting stuff that came up with, uh, Super Bowl Sunday. I didn't realize this, but I guess when you think about it, it makes sense. Um, this is the second biggest day as it relates to consumption next to Thanksgiving. Um, did that, does that surprise you at all? 
Um, Tom and I were actually discussing this last night and we were, we were just amazed at, you know, we had taken the dogs outside and just, you could hear all the, the, like our neighborhood's fairly quiet, but you could hear a lot of, obviously there was a lot of alcohol consumption that had been had. (laughs) And, you know, we were like, it was more quiet here on New Year's Eve than it was last night, you know, which I find kind of funny, you know, and I think certain. Yeah, I wasn't. I think certain areas is different. I wasn't specifically talking about alcohol. I was talking about food consumption. No, no, I agree. I food and alcohol consumption because we were discussing that in regards to you know how it's almost like a like the the Super Bowl is like a religion, like a day that you have to eat kind of shitty food and you know drink beer and watch football. It's so funny though because my wife, uh, you know we have some traditions that have still held over since the unfit days, you know, and uh, I, I always say this wrong and people tease me, but um, is it gyro meat or gyro meat or how do you pronounce, how do you pronounce it? I call it gyro meat. Lamb. <laughs> That's what I call it. <laughs> um, but um, so we have that and uh I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna have to look that up. Vicky, Vicky ended up, uh, you know, having trouble sleeping all night long, and ended up having to go get roll aids and and stuff like this. So, you know, uh, it does kind of make you wonder, you know, is that worth it? You know, uh, I mean, it is good, but is it that good? You know, um, and and so. You know, that kind of stuff happens for for a lot of people. What I think is interesting, though, is you'll have a lot of people that say, you know, I don't weigh myself daily. And then they'll have a day like the Super Bowl. And, they, you know, they have like this, you know, you know, pregnancy kind of thing going on with their belly and and males and females. Um, And that's the day that they decide to weigh themselves. Right. Um, Just to test the whole theory. And then they freak out because they're up four to five pounds because their body doesn't normally, you know, handle that much sodium that much. You know, have you ever checked the the fat content on on gyro or gyro or hero? Actually, it's pronounced. I just looked it up online because I was curious. Yeah. <laughs> and it's gyro. Gyro. Okay. Gyro. Yeah. So that's how I, I used to pronounce it. So gyro. Um, have you ever checked the fat? There's more fat in that than there is protein. Yes. Which is pretty crazy, you know. Um, and so so usually, uh, you know, after a, a day of eating a lot, and it's so tasty, <laughs> so good, you know. Um, but... Uh, well, Tom had commented that he he was he was saying... We should make some hot wings and we should make some of the um, Spanish seven layer dip and we should make this and we should make that. I was like, yeah, that's not really happening. So I just grilled a bunch of meat and I made some rice and he had some cucumber hummus yeah, some carrots. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The, um, yeah, I guess in retrospect, you know, some of those traditions we may have to reevaluate at some point, you know, um, I, the game, of course. I don't, did you did you figure this out later on? So did you hang around for like the Lady Gaga stuff? I did. Yes. Did, did you like that, or or it's not your jam? <laughs> uh, well, 
I had I had heard about I had heard that number one that it was the a ten million dollar production. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna have to watch this to see. I was a little disappointed because I figured she would be a little more out there, which obviously it was out there, you know, with the, the with all the stage stuff and the flying and whatever. But I figured just with some of the recent stuff that's going on that she would have made more of a, you know, more of a there would have been more of an of, of an incident, you know, kind of like the Janet Jackson and the boob and yeah, you know, her meat dress, you know, the yeah. meat dress that she had years ago. I, I thought it would have been more. I'm kind of glad that it didn't, you know. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but every commercial um, seemed political. A few of them were political, but but not all of them. I, I, I just need a break from all that stuff anyway. So I didn't mind the fact. Actually, you know, um, so when I went to the Super Bowl, I went to the Super Bowl when the New Orleans Saints won the Super Bowl against the Indianapolis Colts. And um, the I got the worst year by far as it relates to halftime performances. And I know everyone is going, you know, if you're like a big Who fan, you're going to go, oh my God, that would have been so awesome to see the Who. You know, I mean, come on. Seriously, compared to Beyonce and Bruno Mars, compared to the Lady Gaga, I'm not a huge Lady Gaga fan, but I can tell that that was a, that was a good show, right? Yeah. Um and I mean, I'm I'm glad that they stopped strolling out. I don't I don't think her music is fantastic by any stretch of the imagination. And I know there are people that are fans of hers, um, but uh, some of the stuff that she's done recently with Tony Bennett, you really start to see that she's actually a very good artist. I think some of her pop stuff um, just isn't my jam, you know. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I remember, uh, you know, her introduction was Poker Face, you know, and that was right at the time where I was playing poker and that was a big deal. And actually, uh, my site, Bluff.com, that was one of the, you know, just putting the lyrics to that song that was that, you know, people would Google that and, uh, it, you know, a lot of people would show up at, at my site just for the lyrics of Poker Face, which I thought was kind of hilarious, um, but yeah, the uh, I, I think for a lot of people, just managing the mentality of the Super Bowl and realizing that yes, your weight is probably going to be up, and you know, drinking a bunch of water, you know, getting to your regular workouts, making sure that you're. Um, it's kind of interesting. I was doing some some research on uh, on walking and digestion and the gravitational effect that walking has on digestion. Found a few um, research articles that that talked about the benefit of it, but I don't think a lot of people think of it from that standpoint. You know, when um, you go out and walk, you know, the gravitational pull helps digestion you know and uh, I think a lot of people look at you know how many calories I'm burning and, and all this other type of stuff and when you're talking about your weight being up acutely over a certain period of time it's usually you haven't eliminated or you've had too much sodium you know it's it's rarely you've gained five pounds of fat right even though your belly's pushing out 
Um, it's actually some of the leanest people out there that end up being the most concerned or, or look like they they've gained the most you know when you're already you know if you're female 120 pounds and and 12 percent body fat and you have some chicken wings and and some lamb you know uh you're you're gonna show it much more than than other people would we were actually uh a similar topic we um Mike and I have had on a couple of our calls, a couple of our meetings, and, you know, I brought this point up, and you know, I think it was a couple of aha moments um, for our clients, but, you know, kind of like the holidays, you know, this is, you know, it's kind of like a religion, but you might as well say it's like a holiday, Super Bowl, it's like a holiday for most people, but, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, things like that, you know, coming out of, uh, say, Christmas and New Year's, a lot of people, they ate fairly on plan, and then, you know, one or two bad days off, scales up, and then everybody wants to do a cut. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to do a cut, and, you know, I brought this up, and I'm like, you know, I think that that's kind of a knee-jerk reaction, just like I'm sure we're going to see that into this week. People know I want to do a mini cut after Super Bowl, but when you think of it on in terms of digestion, because I've a very, I'm very big on overall, you know, digestion and listen to your body and finding out what your body, you know, processes well and what it doesn't. And, you know, obviously, you know, I've had digestive issues in the past, but if you just look at it from a standpoint of like you with your euro, now I can call it euro, the great pronunciation, yeah. you know, just like you with your euro meat and, and the other foods that you don't consume on a daily basis, you know, you're, I think our bodies are accustomed because I know you're fairly routine with, with, you know, oatmeal and chicken and beef and, and rice and potatoes and things like that. You know, it's not that we're rigid and eat the exact same thing every day, but our body is accustomed to digesting, you know, the, the same, the similar foods, you know, yeah. throughout the weeks and things like that. So then when you eat this big fat bomb, you know, your digestion kind of slows down and stops and it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, I've got to process this out. So then you see the scale up, you know, obviously in terms of sodium. So it's, you know, it just kind of throws things off track rather than, you know, so rather than let me go do a bunch of cardio because I think I might have consumed, you know, 30,000 extra calories or let me do a mini cut because the scale's up five pounds, you know, just the key is just resuming back into your normal food. And, you know, that's what I did after Christmas, scale's up for me resume my normal food within five days. Well, we saw, you know, I've definitely seen that on my client calls where, um, you know, people rightly so right during the holidays, you know, there's, there's just a lot more deviance from the plan. And then once people started to get back into the plan, they didn't have to go to these extreme measures. You know, I'm still seeing, you know, people posting about their, you know, detoxes and flushes and, and, and stuff like this. And, and now you're getting to a couple weeks in and they're, they're talking about how, you know, they haven't lost any weight. They can't figure out why, you know, they're, you know, dealing with fatigue and lethargy. <laughs> what are you, what has you laughing? Okay. They can't see me. So they can't see me laughing. I was just thinking you're talking about the detoxes and the flushes. Tom and I were watching, we were watching TV and we have, um, I guess satellite, um, not dish. What's the other one? Direct TV. Yeah. Anyway, well, you know, that they have like the info commercials of, you know, does your dog poop in the house or whatever? Well, we have been seeing the name. Do you poop enough? Do you poop enough? And that was the title of it. And we, you know, passed through it and it was about a week ago. 
he was like, well, there's nothing on TV. I was like, well, clearly I think we need to watch Do You Poop Enough? And we turned it on there finally for once and they were selling, it was hilarious because it was basically, it was like a cleanse that they were trying to sell. And it was this juice that everybody was drinking. That was the color of urine. And this guy, this, this guy comes out and he's like, you know, he, he's all energetic and jumping around. And it's like, you know, you know, this is, this is what you need to do. And he's shown his before picture. This is what I looked like a year ago. But after one year on my cleanse, this is what I look like now. And I'm like, oh my God, a year on a cleanse? I would die. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, that was actually a big theme on a couple of the videos that I posted this weekend was metabolism and how much just digesting food increases your metabolism. It can take you from anywhere from 10% to, to 30%, you know. And what's most interesting is that the people that think that they have um, a metabolism issue, especially if they're eating, you know, a, a good amount of food, they don't have a metabolism issue. Their their metabolism is actually just fine. It's just a matter of solving other pieces of the equation. And I think what what when you start to kind of peel back the layers of all the things that are going on, you know, we had someone that, uh, you know, has been sort of scared through the process. You know, they, they've been dieting since they were, you know, very young. And, uh, you know, now she's mid forties. And in that process, you know, you get this down regulation effect, you know, thyroid issues, a lot of that kind of stuff going on. And, um, I don't know that she's ever going to 100% hear me or maybe, you know, she just needs to hit the bottom. You know, I, I think that sometimes people aren't ready to realize that they've done enough damage that they've got to go the other way, right? And that's a hard conversation to have, you know, and as someone, you know, the thing that you always think of is alcoholism or drug addiction, you know, where things got to get so bad that um, you're actually willing to do something about it. And uh, it's almost like a wish that doesn't make sense because if you know you started dieting when you were 15 years old and weighed 120 pounds right and then you know, now here you are 45 and you weigh 176 pounds the things that you've done and i talked a little bit about a metabolic cart and resting metabolic rate and and all this other kind of stuff but if you only look at it from the prism of you need to lose weight, you're not getting the real answer, right? And I, I think at that point, you have to start looking at the mental side of things a little bit more. You know, why aren't you able to allow yourself to do what is logically correct, right? If you're looking and you're going, okay, I started at 120, 
Now I'm at 175. This could get real bad here soon. You know, it's just going up when I keep doing the same thing. And it makes sense, right? I mean, it totally makes sense logically. It makes sense scientific scientifically that as you keep compromising, you know, your your system and truthfully your health. You know, that's the thing that that people I had a I had a person actually say to me the other day that was 136 pounds that that they were concerned related to health. And I said, that is the most obscene thing I've ever heard anyone say. You know, you don't have a health problem. And um, yeah, I, I get it. You know, you want abs um, and you want to see the result of the hard work that you're putting in. But at the same time, um, you're just pursuing the wrong path, you know, but when you're, and, and we see this every single day, it's so interesting when you talk about, you know, the, the way that the mainstream ideas out there, April and I, every single day, talk to people, you know, women, men, men, mid 200s, close to 300, women, high 100s, low 200s, that you take their calories down and they cannot lose weight, right? And that's every single day, you know? And you talk to that client and you try and get to them to the point where you want them to phase in and out because it's the only option for them. If you've dieted your way to a certain level of obesity, then the only way that you come out of that, you know, and 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 really it's the way that, that worked for me. Um, this is the one thing that I think is interesting because there's a lot wrong about all the dieting shows out there, but they almost always all have a, a really intense piece of exercise with them. And that is the one part they do have correct, right? Is that if you, and I'm not suggesting that you have to work out, you know, eight hours a day like they do on those shows. Um, but I am suggesting that if you can get your calorie point to a reasonable level where your metabolism isn't shutting down and you have the, the, the energy and, and, and the food to want to work out and, and you were sedentary and you can move to 30 minutes, 45 minutes, hour and a half to two hours. I mean, you know, I, I've never made any secret about this, right? When I lost 100 pounds, I lost 100 pounds working out a lot. And to say that I was working out I mean, the minimum I would have worked out each day would have been two hours. You know, I just didn't want to be obese anymore, you know. And so um, you have to sort of hit those walls and then you have to start pursuing things that you hadn't considered previously. Do you have any thoughts on, on that? Because I, I, I feel like there's a lot of times where and, and you know, as coaches, as, as people that are dealing with people, we know we can't just shove down your throat more food. 
you know, April and I know we have to compromise with you mentally. Otherwise, we can't get you to where we need you to be. What are your thoughts on that piece? You know, I think for a lot of people, you know, because I was just sitting here thinking as you was as you were going on from the very beginning and, you know, up until, you know, years ago, before all my nutrition studies and certifications and stuff, you know, just being a female, just living in society of, you know, before I really got into lifting or, you know, it was always about losing weight. It was always about the number on the scale. It was always about that, you know, and, you know, I thought that, you know, before all my, my studies, I thought that, you know, women couldn't eat more than 1600 calories a day. 1600. I mean, the number that I always, I've always heard, you know, it was 1,200, and then you would hear 2,000 for males. Um, I mean, for the longest time, 1,200 was the number out there, even for males, right? Um, and then you would hear 2,000 for, you know, extreme males. You know, there's a picture that that um, that we have that we're going to put out, and uh, it's a client that was eating 1,200 calories, and she has, you know, she was a fit person, um, but at 1,200, her physique was really um, softer, you know, where you get kind of the the skinny fat. I hate, you know, I wish there was a better way to say skinny fat. I don't like that term. Um, but, but basically, when you're not allowing enough of the raw ingredients to build lean mass, to go along with the work that you're putting in in the gym, um, you don't build lean mass. You don't send a signal to your body. And a lot of times, you know, this is why, you know, I talk about this a lot, of course, on these, these calls, but it's always interesting to me that people talk about cortisol, but then don't talk about how you know, carbs naturally act as the opposite of the cortisol response that a lot of people have. And so when you're trying to build lean mass, you know, um, certainly, you know, flushing some of that excess of water through the cortisol is going to be something that's that's important and carbohydrates can be a big piece of that. But yeah, you know, her, her picture. You know, ultimately, I think, I think it's mainly, you know, it's the just like we were talking about earlier with digestion and with sodium and it's just the number, it's just the number that affects, you know, so many people mentally, you know, I was talking to a guy at my, my, um, an older guy at my gym today and was talking about, he was talking about his diet and said, you know, oh, you know, I don't do well with carbs, you know, just, it's just always the reverting back to, you know, carbs are bad, carbs are evil, you know, and I'm like, you know, why do you think carbs are evil? You know, our brains primarily function off of glucose. Yeah. <laughs> our organs function off of glucose. You know, if you don't provide your body with the natural glucose, it's going to get it. Don't you, know? you think he's what, don't you think what he's really saying is is that I need a simplistic answer? Oh, no. I, I, well, yes and no. Um, I think it's just the in the ingrainment of that carbs are bad. Yeah, but if people knew, you know, but there's a lot of people. That, there's a lot of people that think fats are bad, right? Uh, well, I started to say if people actually knew the, you know, knew more detail in regards to nutrition, and that, you know, one gram of carbs is only four calories, you know, whereas one gram of fat is nine calories. You know, if I was just the average show, I'd be scared as shit of fats. Yeah, myself, if you're a dude, you know? if you're a dude, 
as an example and you're low fat, you know, you're basically just asking for low testosterone. You know, I mean, I was talking to my brother-in-law. Well, I wasn't talking to my brother-in-law like no, you know, in my family, you know, um, as much as people know that I know about this stuff, it's almost as if they just throw it out there just to say that they're an authority on something. And, you know, he was telling me how, you know, you don't eat yolks because, you know, you cholesterol and stuff like this. And I, I just don't even go down that path. You know, I'm like, hey, look, man, I eat the yolk because it's favorable for testosterone. And that's the long story short there, you know. You should tell me you eat the shell too. <laughs> that will really help with testosterone. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think that, uh, um, I mean, so like your guy that, that's like low carb guy, is is he super ripped? Is he lean? Is he heavier? No. Yeah. Heavier. Yeah. Heavier. And I mean, well, you know, and and you know, without like like what you said, you know, I'm just I'm I'm the type that I don't, I'm I'm not going to sit there and and offer up a ton of information and waste a bunch of time because you can kind of tell, you know, just the, the yeah, he's the just not he's just not up for and listening. I, and I brought up and I said, yeah, maybe it's not really the carbs. I said maybe it's just your your macronutrient partitioning. Maybe you're just eating too many carbs and fats and not enough protein. Maybe it's it's just the, the ratios of what you're eating. Well, I guarantee if you actually tried and looked, you know, and if you were eating, you know, just an appropriate amount of, of all your macronutrients, you wouldn't have an issue. Well, he's dieting his way to obesity. You know, that's the that's the key that that, you know, I have been talking about for four years, you know, is that, you know, when your metabolic rate just keeps going lower and lower and lower and people are like well I have a lot of muscle so when I go get my body fat test it says that my metabolic rate is fine that's not how you they're estimating your metabolic rate they're not giving you your met metabolic rate the only way to get your metabolic rate is go to a lab and get do a metabolic cart um, but you know that information is not super out there um, and What's always interesting, the thing that I brought up this weekend was just how, um, you know, bodybuilders are starting to become much, much more. When you look at a lot of the things related to fish oil and, and, and protein and, and all these things that have helped move the conversation, you know, um, a lot of that started from bodybuilders, right? And, and there's a lot wrong with the bodybuilding community from my perspective, just because I feel like, you know, there's not a whole lot of bodybuilding going on there. There's a lot of chronic dieting going on there. The, they are smarter, you know, about metabolism than the good majority of people are. You know, they, they do understand some of the pieces and some of the struggles that that you're up against and and the problem with you know if you talk to a bodybuilder especially a natural bodybuilder which you know um it gets harder and harder to be a natural bodybuilder because eventually your 
um, you're going to be compromising your metabolic rate. You're going to be losing muscle. And so the, the natural tendency is to, you know, look to keep your muscle. And so what, what ends up happening is, is, you know, you look at steroids and alternatives like that. Um, it's rarely that the creatine is the problem and all the other things that, you know, people will try as a, kind of the first layer of solution. Um, you know, I will say with the, with the bodybuilding community and obviously I'm, I'm quite familiar, but with the, with the males, they will, even though it may not be very long, but they generally do cycle. They do cycle in like with bulks and, and, you know, maintenance and cuts and, you know, they do like to, well, you have to, yeah. Otherwise you'll starve, you know I mean? And, and I mean, I remember, uh, you know, a mutual friend of ours, and I just remember it so well, and there's so many people that said it, um, that they feel like when they're in a bulking cycle, they feel like the Hulk. You know, their their arms are bigger, their their legs are bigger, and of course their their belly's a little bit bigger too, you know. Um, and then when they get into a cutting cycle and they get to kind of stage ready, it feels like they've never worked out a day in their life, you know, um, that, that, you know, gets to be difficult. I remember, you know, another, um, he was a, uh, contest prep. I can't, I can't remember the exact person that said this, but he was talking about bodybuilding and how, um, bodybuilding is the most difficult sport there is to participate in there's virtually you know there's only a handful of people that actually receive the benefits from it i think actually there's more people receiving benefits now that you have social media and instagram and stuff like that but in terms of of what you have to go through mentally and physically to achieve those goals and I think that's where things like CrossFit, some of the stuff that we talk about on a daily basis has sort of enlightened people to, you know, seeing your muscles is cool, but at what cost, you know, at what cost to your health and metabolism and stuff like this. And when you look at, because uh, there's always... You know, I remember there was there was something about um, people that live longer tend to eat a little bit less, um, and then people naturally make that jump to bodybuilders then must live to be very long. You know, and that is not the case at all. It, it definitely decreases your health long term, and you become more susceptible. To health issues as you you'll know, get more and more aggressive as you go you know you don't see a whole lot of 80 year old bodybuilders you know um, and uh, you know I, I think there's always kind of that compromise and as long as you know I mean truthfully if you were really doing it right you know and you were a natural bodybuilder you'd be bodybuilding for 10 years cutting for six months and then another 10 years and then cutting for six months. Like, you know, really getting to the point where, because as you age, you know, this is, the, this is one of the, my next videos. 
You know, your body is trying to kill you at all times, right? And so, you know, it becomes more and more difficult to hold on to muscle, you know, and, and see the results that you need. Um, I think some of that is, is your body just kind of, you know, naturally is made to turn into dust over time. Um, but uh, some of it is that people aren't particularly tuned into, you know, the need for holding on to muscle, the need for eating an adequate amount of food. All right, so I think we can end on that note. Um, that pretty much summarizes this weekend. But in terms of Super Bowl, not that big of a deal. I did talk a little bit about uh, resolutions. You know, there's there's just a lot of people we kind of re just reviewing real quick that uh, a lot of the people that were on resolutions right now, you know, the the resolve is down. <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, I just feel like when you look at things from a short-term perspective, you know, there's probably a few people that are like, oh, man, I'm feeling great, you know. Um, the, you would have probably felt great if you had just started eating normal, too, you know. Um, and so... Actually, I suggested to, to all of my clients the... I suggested don't set resolutions, just set goals. We're setting goals. We're focusing on some goals to hit, not resolutions. Yeah. Yeah, I think what, um, you know, I know for last year, a big, a big one for me was just really focusing on kind of being weight stable. I was doing a little bit more of kind of bulking and, and, um, uh, you know, cutting cycles and really wanted to focus more on kind of maintaining a certain amount of weight for a certain, um, for a year or so. And that's been really awesome, you know, and, uh, you know, it's been very easy to do and you start to realize that the value of, of, you know, going through bulking and cutting cycles, you know, just isn't there, you know, um, you're, you're much better off kind of working um, towards a goal the good majority of the time. And so I kind of have like my yearly evaluation um, of whether I should, you know, cut or not. Um, it, and and that's coming up here in March. I may or so may not. Go ahead. What's it going to be? I don't know. I, I don't know at this point. Um, well, I want to. Well, I want to brag the push-up challenge at my gym. It was the goal was a hundred a week for four weeks, and I surpassed all the women. And I ended up instead of four hundred for the month, I got two thousand and thirty-five. Wow! So, yeah. so how did you relate to the men? Because I know that you know that. Well, for the most part, I beat almost all the men. There yeah. was a couple of numbers that it now I and I did my push-ups in addition to my regular program training. So, which was tough because <laughs> yeah. I would kind of do it in between sets or at the end, I would, I would kind of do some abs and do it in between that. Yeah. Um, I saw a couple of guys who, who had it marked on the, the whiteboard that, you know, they had done like 2000 for a week and whatever. I'm like, well, clearly they just came in and only did push ups as a workout. Yeah. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> 
<laughs> which is fine, which is fine. But, you know, but, but I was, I was actually up there with, there was like maybe two guys that had really, really high numbers, but I was surpassed most of the guys, but I did surpass all the women. I've been having more and more trouble. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do more overhead work just to kind of build the, the muscle in my shoulders a little bit more. Push-ups is the one exercise that um, really messes with my shoulders right now. You know? Really? Yeah. I have a bad, I have a bad left shoulder. Like, uh, I don't think, you know, I don't know what it would take for me to get a muscle up. I mean, that's like the one thing body weight wise that I can't do in CrossFit and it's because my left shoulder is bad you know um, whenever I start working through progressions and stuff like that it activates my shoulder or it activates the injury in my shoulder at 17 I was playing football um, and I was drinking and um, um, one of the guys threw me down on the ground you know you have to remember when I was 17 I was like 120 pounds you know so a guy drew me around on the ground. Uh, I was obviously drunk and not feeling it. Um, and I knew something was wrong right off the bat, but uh, I never got it looked at. Since then, I've had it MRI'd and stuff like that. And the guy, you know, the guy was like, you, you know, you don't want to get shoulder surgery. Um, it functions, but um, it usually takes a fair amount of warm up before you know push-ups are fine and now you know if i do the push-ups a certain way you know um the harder you make a push-up the more strain it's going to put on your shoulders obviously yeah so um but yeah like remember the perfect push-up things you know um that messed up my shoulders so bad just because of the way that that you know you would twist it in and, and the problem that I already had with my shoulder. Um, and uh, yeah, that was not, that that did not work out well. But I, I will say this, um, nothing made you look more jacked than, than that thing, you know. Um, but if you also do uh, deficit push-ups as well, it would also make you look pretty jacked, so. All right, well, Appreciate everybody being here, and uh, we'll just end on that note. Have a great week. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye now.